Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you praise and give you glory. I thank you, Lord. We submit the series to you. I submit your people to you. These are your sheep. They need direction. They need a fresh anointing. You said you will lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. So I pray for your name's sake. Do what you said you're going to do. Do something in the heart and mind of your people this morning. Let the power of your kingdom come upon them. Show them what they need to know this morning. But I thank you for a fresh anointing and your power at work in this place. Father, where I make sounds, you make sense. Father, let them hear the voice behind my voice. Your sheep hear your voice. So I pray for this, an opening, an opening, a door that will open to them, revelation that will open to them. They come into a new season of breakthrough and understanding. And everybody agreed and said, make it louder one more time. Amen and amen. Glory be to God. So summertime, I love to swim. That's my form of exercise. When it comes to, when the seasons change, I get onto the road. I, I will not say it is running, but at least we're walking with God. <laughs> and so um, what I love about getting on the road is that God gives revelation on the road. Because he brings correction he brings direction. He helps me with the doctrine. He helps me believe what I believe. And things come out of me. And even pastors, he will say, wow, we need to go and write that down. Because I love getting on the road because I'm not getting on the road alone. I get on the road with the Holy Ghost. Because God gives revelation on the road. I'm speaking to somebody. You've been lazy at home. It's time to get onto the road. Because it's winter time now. You don't build a summer body in summer. Come on, somebody. A summer body is built in, in winter. So you start now. So I, I, I purposely said every, every season, autumn and, 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 and winter, I purposely get onto the road because I know what it can do, what that season can do with you. So your body, you've only got one body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And it's time for you to exercise. Don't let the enemy mess with your, with your walk with God and even your physical body. You can't eat bunny chow and chips the whole day. Come on. You're going to have to get onto the road and you have to walk with God. So what I do is, because I commit that road to God and that moment to God, God gives me revelation. He speaks to me while I walk, but that's also his way of encouraging me to come and walk with him. Is somebody hearing what I just said? Anytime you begin to walk with, you, with God, he's got to drop revelation on the road not while you're sitting and watching TV. He can, but it's his encouragement for you to get up from that couch and to get on, to put on some, some tackies and begin to walk. And there's no amens in the church. <laughs> no, you've only got one temple. You've only got one body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Start to change that. May the Lord open up your front door and so you can go out and go and exercise in Jesus' mighty name. Glory be to God. So there's plenty to go through this morning. We're going to be teaching on some things. There's some stuff we're dealing with on a Wednesday concerning, doctor, uh, concerning demons. And um, 
to understand the power of doctrine, what it is. We're going to go through some, this series to understand some doctrine and how to build some discipline in your physical body, in your thinking, so I can prepare you for what's ahead. And so John chapter 8 and verse 31 says, please give it to me into the, in the King James Version, because um, in the New King James Version, it says, if you abide in my word, but give it to me in the King James Version. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, to those Jews who believed on him, if you believe, do you believe on Jesus? Now stay with me, please, on verse 40, uh, 31. Where am I? I am in John chapter 8, verse 31. Guys, track with me. Then Jesus said to, the, to those Jews, not to everyone, he's speaking to a very specific group of people here. He's not calling on everybody. He's calling you. If you continue in my word. I am the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So, when you continue in the word, you are walking with Jesus. If you continue, if, if, that means you can also say, I, if not, <laughs> I get off. We're hearing about another man again this week that has been serving Jesus for 20 years, great writer and doing some tremendous things. His name is Paul Maxwell. That's why it got my attention. He chose to get off this week and say, I don't believe in Jesus anymore. It's called the apostasy. It's people getting off from the path. So it's not an uncommon thing, whether it be Marty Simpson from Hill Songs or Whatever, people that are saying, I'm questioning my faith just because you've gone through a challenge. And he wants, Paul Maxwell says, I just want to be friends with everybody and an enemy of God. Well, let's see how that works out for you. We're going to stick with the word. And we're going to let the word guide us. Come on, somebody. If your name is Paul, then you should follow Paul in the Bible. If he continue in my word, then you are my disciples. That means I don't get off. I got saved, but I don't get off. Next verse. And so we continue in the word, and then something happens to you. And then you shall know the truth. And the truth that you know shall make you free. There's a difference between opening up a prison door and setting somebody free to allowing them to walk out that freedom to make them free. So the making is a process. God makes you fishers of men. The prodigal son comes home, he says, make me one of your servants. He first said, give me. When he gets home, he says, make me. So somebody should say this morning to the Lord, make me. So what Jesus does in, his, in your walk with him, the reason why we have the door is because many people have treated the cross as Jesus hanging on the cross. And this is where they come every single Easter. They come to the cross, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, God, I just need to, you know, have some Lent for 40 days. I'm not going to drink. Can't wait for the 41st day. Then I can get absolutely drunk. 
That's not what Jesus died for. He brought you through from bondage, from a lifestyle that was going nowhere. And the whole purpose is that you would walk with the word, you will walk with the truth, and truth makes you free. So you get revelation on the road. There is something that we call, um, there's different kinds of revelation. So you can have revelation based upon just the basics. So we need to touch on the basics and we're helping people understand the doctrine of who you are. Some of you, you know, if you lost, the Bible says in the beginning was the word. If you lost, go back to the beginning. Because in the beginning was the word. And this is what we're doing in the season. But many people that have lost their way. You need to go back to the beginning. And there's different forms of revelation. One is just basics. Sitting with the students this week and my, my session with them, went through the word of God dealing with demons and just basics and doctrine and what it means. And it's so wonderful to, for them to get the revelation at this age of how to come and walk out into the freedom that Christ has paid for. So there's different kinds of revelation that you get. So revelation, you don't get at your school, you don't get at your university. Revelation comes because you're in the word of God. It's called, it's called um, when you get to study and you, get, you, get, you go to school, you get knowledge. What we call is that is dark knowledge. Why is it dark knowledge? Because God's not a part of it. It's thought of by somebody else and they've given it to you and you think you've got something. No, the reason why we come to church, the reason why we get into studies, the reason why we see you on Wednesday night is because you are looking for revelational knowledge. Light that comes from the Word of God and what God's Word says about you. So you get basics in the revelational knowledge, but then you have something called uh, experiential uh, revelation. That means through my experiences, I begin to understand God. And then there is something that is what Paul prayed. He says, I pray for you every day that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know the hope to which God has called you. He says, I pray for you every day. And that's been our prayer. we consistent in praying for the church and praying for the people, that you would come into what God has called you to do. Many people don't know that God has called them. They don't understand that when God saves you, God calls you. Okay, let me give you a scripture. I'm going to hop a little around a bit. I'm... I'm putting the series together, but it's going to help you. Just be patient with me for a minute. We're going to get into this. Glory be to God. Some people just don't understand that they've actually been called by God and don't understand the power of this moment. Holy Ghost, where are you? Give us 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, I think it is. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God. Verse 9 says, oh, here we go. Who has saved us and called us. So please reverse this. That God would not have saved you if he didn't first call you. 
So don't think of saving being, that's it for my sin. No, the reason why God saved you is because there's a calling upon your life. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm called. That means God is calling your name. And when he calls your name, what he does is he saves you. But he calls you into a purpose. He didn't just save you from your sin. He called you for a purpose. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. Oh my God. So when he calls you, I now am a systems analyst. And I finally, after 36 years of bumping my head, gambling and messing my life up, I feel the call of God upon my life. I then get saved 24, 25 years ago. But God is calling me. I now then begin to leave behind my systems analyst mind. I mean, I own my own call center. I've got things going. God says, drop that because of the calling. Now, that's not for everybody. That is for me. God says, drop it because I am calling you. Come on, Samuel. God's calling people in the season. He's calling people to come into that. And it means that I now step out of what I know and what my skill has produced. And I now step into what is known as not according to my works, but according to his own purpose. So this beyond here has got to do with his purpose, not mine. It's got to do with his call, not mine. It's got to do with him changing the fact that I sit behind a computer. 20, the, the year 2000, I, I went for um, my first training on how to speak. And so I just couldn't speak for however many years, 20 years ago, whatever that number was. And the reason why you are catching the brunt of it is because I got some words locked up for so many years. So you sit here until 11 o'clock and I'm like, oh, okay, let's shut it down quickly. And so I'm called according to his purpose and grace. Oh, there's so much in here. Because his grace begins where humani your humanity ends. That means it's not my skill anymore. It's not my ability anymore. I said, God, I can't speak. He says, go on to this course. When I get into this course, I come out there after 12 weeks, they say they've never ever heard anybody speak like that. I said, who are you speaking to? Who are you talking about? The enemy would often go and pre put pressure on your gift and tell you not worthy because he wants to keep you. But God also allows it because what does it mean? I didn't come here because I'm a great speaker. Every morning I've got to wake up and say, God, I need more grace because if, I, if you don't put grace on these lips, the people are going to be messed up because I can walk in here with a sword and just cut ears off. And the sons will feel it. So when God brings you here, it's grace, it's purpose, it's not your works, which was given to us in Christ. You get given stuff. You get loaded when you come here. You get loaded. You understand what I'm saying? 
is that God puts things on the inside of you. He gives you grace. He gives you purpose. He gives you His works. He gives you the empowerment. He gives you everything that you need to make a success of your life. Why? Because it's for His name's sake, not for your name's sake. It's not because of your ability. His name is at stake. That's the same reason why when I walk into Apple and I say, your phone is rubbish. This thing's not working. The first thing they do is change the phone. They don't know my name. They don't care about anything. Why? Why? Because it's for their brand's sake. It's for God's sake that you must win. It's for God's sake that you must come into your purpose. God's name is at stake. When He made you, He put His name on you. You must win in this life. Come on, I need a shout and an amen. You will not be an embarrassment for the kingdom of God. You're going to rise up and become all that God has called you to be. I need a stronger shout and an amen. You were born for a purpose. There's grace for you. There's God works for your life. There's His own purpose. There's an anointing. There's things that God has called you to do. Many people don't know they're not just they just know saved. They don't know calling. God only saved you because there is a calling. He saved us and it's a holy calling. That's the reason why when I have people come around me and they don't understand that this is a holy calling, they treat me as, hey man, it's Brother Max. You see this church, when I was in a double garage with 12 people, I prepared and I preached and set up the place like I was preaching to thousands. Why? It's a holy calling. I treat it that way. And some of you don't realize that there's gifts and callings on you that is for the glory of God. But you're treating your stuff like God gave you rubbish. And it's time for the church to come back into the place of appreciating the church, appreciating every gift in the church, being honorable in the way of the, how they treat people. You've got to come back into the place and treat this thing as holy and as precious. I want to say it again. You're going to treat it as holy and precious. If you are saved, then you're called. That's why when you walk through these doors, I don't see your past. I don't see your drunkenness when you came to the church first. I don't see your drugs when you walked in here. I don't see the negativity that the world has given you. Because you came from that, I bring you, you've come into a new day. You've come into a new place. You've come into a place where your gift matters before God. Where your past doesn't count before God. Because the blood has created a separation. Come on somebody. The blood has created a separator. Hallelujah. You're separated from the world. Okay. Let me go through this thing a little bit. Give a bit of teaching. What does it mean? A Danish philosopher said, what does it mean in this world to be gifted with thinking, skill, and as a living creature, but with no place to express that gift? You see, understand that God saved you because there's a calling. And if you're called to be an entrepreneur or whatever endeavor you are, God will pay the bill. He'll train you up. And you'll make sure that you get paid very well in the kingdom of God. I just need everybody to say yes and amen. Because everybody should be paid well. Kingdom business is big business. 
don't let the devil lie to you that God, when he calls you, oh, there's no money in there. I am telling you today, there is plenty money in the kingdom of God, whether it be education systems, whether it be media. I am telling you, God never gave you rubbish. God will never, has never made any junk. I mean, look, he went to the scrapyard to make what he wanted to make. But when he brought you in here, you were son and a daughter of the Most High God. You are royalty and it needs a wave. And business people need to know and understand that we are in a kingdom and the kingdom business is shout it say it's big business your pastor should not be struggling with anything I'm going to wait right here there should be no financial struggle in this house because if everybody's in their call We got 95% of the church out in the marketplace. And if you treat the marketplace like you're calling, there should not be, the 5% of us that are here shouldn't be a big deal. And when I say it's conference time and we need 3 million, oh, here's one coming from here. Shan's giving the other. And is there anybody else who just give us a, another? Okay, stop giving offerings because we've just covered the budget in one minute. Be okay with that. It's called the call of God upon my life. I'm here. If you are here to make money, you must make money. If I'm here to preach, then let me preach the way I need to preach. Let me prepare my day. Let me go and set my course straight because I am called with a holy calling. I must treat it as precious. But so are you. And the devil's told you that you don't actually have anything precious. If we're going to build media centers, let's do it properly. If we're going to have this thing go out across the globe, our message, then let's do it with excellence. If we're going to build a facility for our students, let's put up 120 beds and let's do it with excellence. And the world will come and see, look what these people are doing. You're gonna, I'm going to preach to you until you start jumping to your feet. I am telling you because you're a child of the Most High God. You never came into a kingdom. You, you could have come in broke, but this kingdom is not broke. You're in Christ, and you've got a gift that you're carrying. So, the Bible says to each one, hallelujah. I want to get into this teaching on Romans a bit, but let me just read this quickly for you. 1 Peter 4 verse 10. As each one has received a gift. Just let your neighbor know that I'm gift, you're gifted. Oh, they don't even believe you. Say it like you ate something. Say, I am gifted. Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Let me stop you. Go with me to the book of Romans chapter 12. I'm going to show you something. It's very powerful to understand. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present... Your bodies. So, he says, I beseech you, therefore. Anytime you see the word, therefore, you must ask why it's therefore. So, he's dealing with Romans chapter 12. He's in Paul. His name is Paul, who finishes race strong. He says, I beseech you, therefore. That means he's got a whole message before 
so that you can understand this moment. So when Paul is speaking about this in the book of Romans, he goes painstakingly building from Romans chapter 1, 2, 3, 4 until 11. And what he's doing is, he's building a case for salvation. And why Christ? So in there, he'll begin to speak it to you about things like in Romans chapter 1, he says, the just shall live by faith. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Because he comes from a background where he was this educated man, but he calls it, he says, I now call it rubbish. All my education, all my background, all my family name, I call it rubbish. So I may attain Christ. And he begins to speak in the book of Romans. He begins to unpack what this thing looks like. And he goes into people that says, well, you shouldn't be saved. There's no God. He says, you've got no excuse. Chapter 2. So you've got no excuse. Then look at the birds and the bees and you tell me, look at the trees and see everything around you. And you turn this, this into an image that you think is a God made in your own image, made out of idols and the like. All he's doing is he's building a case for the door. And so he goes in and he starts to speak about, um, he travels through, through, through Romans chapter 3 and then goes into chapter 4. He then brings Father Abraham to the, to the stand and he says, here's my witness of how things work in the kingdom of God. He says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. God put a deposit in his account because he only believed. He did, it wasn't because of his good works. And he goes through that, Romans chapter 4, and then Romans chapter 5, he starts to speak about that we have peace with God. And he says, you know, through Romans chapter 5 and verse 17, he says, you want to rule in this life, you must receive the gift of righteousness and the abundance of God's grace. Because if you want to rule in this life, you need to come through a certain door. He goes into Romans chapter 6 and goes into 7. And then in chapter 7, he deals with something that is quite strange because he's trying to figure out this walk with God. He's... he's He's, he comes from a sinful life and he's struggling to, to walk through this door and walk on this road of revelation. He's trying to get an understanding of how to come into what God has got for him. And he says, I'm finding a problem in my body. He says, in my members, there is a body. The things he says, I want to do, but I, I don't do it. And the things I don't want to do, that I end up doing. He says, I... I find the sinful nature on the inside of me. I find this thing that's working in me that is a problem in my walk with God. I'm on, on a, trying to get on this road of revelation, but that sin keeps stripping me up. And he ends up by shouting and says, who can deliver me from this body of death? He says, there's something inside of me that's a real problem, and that means that God's system is faulty. Because you can't walk this thing out. He then turns around in Romans chapter 8 and he says, but there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And he says it this way. He says, for those who walk according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. So he says, oh, now I figured it out. It's not my flesh trying to figure this thing out. It's not my flesh trying to get right with God. He says, I must get into the spirit. And what it means by the spirit is that I must get a different mindset. I must think differently than I thought before. Because you, 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 don't, you don't fight your flesh. 
That's not how you win in this life. You just walk in the Spirit. That's what he's saying. He says, don't be concerned about your flesh. If you just keep on practicing how to walk in the Spirit, soon your flesh will just have to follow you. Come on, somebody. Your flesh has been leading you before you were born again. Your flesh led you every single step of the way. But he says, now the game changes. You now need to switch into the Spirit. Now you need to see things through the eyes of God's Word. You now navigate through what we call the spiritual landscape of being in Christ. And if any man be in Christ, they now become a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Oh my God, I don't have time. Oh God, help us this morning. So he goes into Romans chapter 9 and then verse 10. He begins to speak about the importance of, listen, those that want to become Jewish people, those that want to practice the Sabbath, he says you need to go and understand. He says, oh, I wish that all of Israel would be saved. I wish that they would all come and walk through this door. But what Israel's trying to do, they're creating a different door. They want to get right with God by their own works. He says, but it does not work. Shout, it does not work. You're going to have, there's only one way to come in. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We need a good shout in this church. So Paul is trying to help them understand this. He goes into Romans chapter 10. In chapter 10, he says, he says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you are saved. You are saved. Settle the issue that you're the righteousness of God. That's what he's saying. He's trying to help them. And then he goes and he says, but don't, don't, don't throw Israel out yet in Romans chapter 11. He says, not yet, not yet, not yet. He says, God's not done with them. He says, you must remember as the church, you are not the root. He says, Israel is the root. You are just, Jesus died and split his side. So the church can come in. But he's not throwing out Israel. Israel will be saved. The two witnesses in the book of Revelation is the church and Israel. Head of myself. We're coming into a new season. And he stands at this thing and he deals with there's only one way. Then he deals with, oh, okay, I see my flesh is causing a problem in my walk with God. He says, but then if you walk in the Spirit, we're going to be okay. Just look at your neighbor and say, we're going to be okay if we go with the Spirit. And so he begins to speak about this. And then in chapter 12, he says, therefore, he pulls up 11 chapters to give you this statement. To tell you, therefore. He built up the door, the blood, how you come in, saved is done. You the righteousness of God, you believed in Christ. Now he turns around. Because he's done first, first 11 chapters, doctrine. Everybody say doctrine. Please say it like you ate something this morning. He builds the doctrine of what we believe. Next, he's got to deal with discipline. Now, if you have discipline, you have no need of deliverance. So once the doctrine is established, now walk with discipline. Discipline your flesh. Listen to what he says. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
How do I now then walk from doctrine to discipline? How do I take a step with God? He says, read with me. I beseech you therefore, brethren, come on, by the mercies of God, that you do what? Present your body. Present your body. Present your body. Because your gift is in your body. If your body is not here, we don't use your gift. Present your body. Make yourself available. When I get onto the road, the road of revelation, I'm presenting my body. And when I present my body, I presented my time. So I get onto the road so God can speak to me. It's that simple. Some of you just need to get back to church. Can everybody in this church say amen for them? What are you doing? The reason why you are here, this, why, why are you not making coffee and co-sisters? Right now, why? Because you're here. Because you're here. You can't be doing another thing. Except sit and take notes. And maybe give an amen every now and again for those that can. But you're presenting your body. It's a living sacrifice. Some of you don't understand the kind of problems you will not have if you will just change and bring your body to the place in the kingdom of God. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is, your, it should be the basics. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I don't get to choose to go even where I want to go to. To watch what I want to watch. Because I presented my body. The Holy Spirit works through me. We're walking in the Spirit. Come on, somebody. So the Holy Spirit can flow through me. That's why He's got my body. Now, He's not going to discipline your body. You must get up and exercise by yourself. The discipline that must take place is there. This is important to understand. So, what He says is, listen how powerful this gets. Now, present your body. I'm checking time. Verse 2, go with me. He says, once you present your body, then do not be conformed to this world. So there's the world. You can't live like that anymore. You've got to come now and the next move is to renew your mind. That you may prove the stages. Now look at the walking. I'm now walking with God. To prove what is that good, that acceptable, and the perfect will of God. It was good to be saved it's not acceptable. That's all you've got. I just made it into heaven. I am Prince Philip. I got saved when I was 100. I pray he did. At least. It's the least you could do, buddy. <laughs> There's a walk with God. And some people have never discovered that. Because in my discipline, the reason why I get up in the morning, because there's purpose. I was called for a purpose. And so are you. The reason why I pray in the morning and get up and ask God's direction is because it's according to His purpose. The reason why I don't get involved and go, I can go and study to go and become a systems analyst again and upgrade my skill and make lots of money and work for Mark Zuckerberg. You heard the Holy Ghost in the service this morning. No! Because it's not according to my works. 
<laughs> it's according to what God had prepared beforehand. I, I can, but I can't. I got options. So he says, now you must go. Once you presented your body, the next thing is to upgrade your mind. You must now think differently. That you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. There are stages with God. Now watch. Keep going. Verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, so now I'm saved. Now he's, he's built this case. He says, now I need to walk with God. He says, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. So you were systems analyst and they gave you titles and they celebrated you there. The Lord says, get sober here, dude. I know they treated you like that in the world, but here this is kingdom. You're actually a pastor. And you're called to be an apostle and we will develop you. And we will grow you. But the Lord, I can't preach. He says, I'll deal with it. I'll give you grace. Because stop coming here looking for titles in here, man. Come here because you, are, you understand you have a calling. He says, for I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, everyone, not pastors, everyone who is among us, not to think of himself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly. Tell, just tell your neighbor, don't drink the, the, the world's Kool-Aid. Just tell them, don't, don't drink their Kool-Aid. They lied to you. They lied to you. Glory be to God. So I must respond to these 11 chapters by years number, ch chapter 12, right? This is where we start responding to the calling. In the light of this, your body is on the line. That's number one. So let's understand. So I'm going to give you a couple of points. And then I need to end off where Jesus was because um, the, the period that you're in and the series we're busy with is the road of, uh, the road, uh, revelation on the road. But it's, it's got to do with walking from the cross to Pentecost. So that's really the season we're in. But something had to happen to them on the road because of what they were going to face and what they had to deal with. And we're going to end up with that. But let me give you a couple of pointers around the calling of God. Are you enjoying this this morning? Because I am. So when we come to Him, the first thing we do is, what I do with my body determines the outcome of my life. I want to say it again. What I do with my body don't just think that I can be anywhere. I am here on a Saturday morning because it's determining the outcome of my life. You find me at the same place on a Sunday morning. And the guy says, hey guy, where are you? Where are you? I'm like, <laughs> you should ask yourself where are you? Because you know where to find me. Every Sunday. I love what I do. For I, <laughs> so, Number one is you place your body on the altar. The sacrifice, oh, when I, when I come to, the, to, to understanding the power of this moment, my body then becomes the sacrifice, as a living sacrifice. Only Jesus was a sacrifice that had to die. You don't have to die. Your blood is not going to help us. I don't care how many times you, you, you fall and your, 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 your blood is flowing. <laughs> it's not going to help anybody. You, but you must present your body. Because the sacrifice does not sanctify the altar. The altar sanctify, sanctifies the sacrifice. Your body can be made holy through sanctification. 
We can come together as holy bodies, even when you get married. Because we come to an altar. That's what you do when you get saved, when you get married. You come to an altar, and both vessels are sanctified. Because we're not going back to an old lifestyle. So God can make you a virgin all over again. I don't regret the past because the altar sanctifies the sacrifice. It's acceptable. It's at least, it's the least you can do. Jesus gave his body as a sacrifice for our sins. As we follow him, we place our bodies on the altar, not physically, but a life of surrender. Somebody shout, my body is yours. Number two, you transform mind. Your mind is self-centered, but a a selfish mind, an unrenewed mind is self-centered. You have never seen how selfish you are until you look at the little child that doesn't want to share her sweets with nobody. It's the nature. So you get transformed, a renewed mind, so you can prove and by experience, without a renewed mind, you can never know what God's, God's will is for your life. I present my body. I say, Father, I need new thoughts of what you say about this moment about me. It's progressive. It's good, acceptable, perfect will. God's will includes every perfect detail for your life. Please hear me. God's perfecting who you are. He's bringing you into your perfection. God arranges your life, puts us in the perfect place. From hotels to accommodation, when to travel, what to do, we're in that season. God's directing everything. So now my life gets programmed from heaven. Why I'm called. I get manna for today because I'm called. So a renewed mind is sober. He says, now think soberly. What is he saying? The Holy Spirit is not sentimental. The Holy Spirit is the greatest realist in the earth. He never misrepresents and he never exaggerates. He'll tell you that's rubbish. You now must wait for, for, for to go all the way to idols because your mother so told you you can sing. For the judges to tell you, please don't ever pick up a mic again. That's the Holy Ghost. He'll tell you, hey, don't pick up that, don't sing. Hey, ba, hey, put down, put down, put down. Baba, hey, 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 hey. You're actually useless. He'll tell you that. Because your mother told you, oh my child, you can do anything. No, the Holy Ghost will say rubbish. Rubbish. And there's seasons when you're not supposed to be doing certain things. Like writing a, you know, a systems analyst place. I'm in the place there, but I'm frustrated because I'm outside of the will of God. I can write software and I'm getting paid for it. And I'm getting paid well for it. But I'm outside of the will of God. Because I need to be walking with God. I got saved. I must go to what is good, to acceptable. That which is good, acceptable, and the perfect. I need to walk with God. You need to journey with God in seasons. So even as I'm going on and I come into a place of revelation, I discover what apostles, what, what is the kingdom? Then I discover, oh, this is what God intended. Oh, this is, what am I, I'm, every day I'm walking in revelation. Because you can get what we call revelation Within a revelation. So he says, who do you say I am? He says, you the Christ. He says, flesh and blood didn't tell you that. But my father is in heaven. He says, now I'm going to build my church upon this revelation. 
And I can add keys. And I can give you more revelation. So that is revelation within the revelation. So I'm called to start a church and I'm called a pastor. And we name it the best I knew, Living Life Ministries. Then God says, no, I move from here. Dr. Miles comes in and he says, kingdom life is who you are. I walked out of the revelation that I had into a deeper revelation. Because that's how God works with you. God's going to take you from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength, from revelation to revelation. Because it's deeper in Him. And so the Holy Spirit, when He comes and He deals with you, He's going to tell you the truth of who you are. He's going to tell you, stop pretending like you can play golf. You've never won one tournament. All the buddies are saying, hey, my man, that's really, really good. You go fishing, you come back, and you say, you know, the stories with the guys. Let me tell you about that fish I caught, man. You the wife comes, you says, oh, well, then open up, where, where, where? It's a little guppy that you caught. But all the buddies are, yay, you're so amazing. You're not. The Holy Spirit will tell you that is, just get sober. Tell your neighbor, it's time to sober up. Because some people believe that they're supposed to be doing some amazing stuff. Listen to me. There's some people when I speak about vision, oh, I also want my vision. And they can run. Come and walk where I walked. The grace of God upon me makes this thing easy. Because it's easy for me to see stuff. It's easy for me to say, paint it like this. I told them, that's what I want. Because I speak like this. I think this way. You can't just say, well, I also want a vision. No, you don't decide that when you are a kidney, you want to become the heart. I'm going to wait until there's a good clap in the house. Because, because the world keeps selling you rubbish. And oh, you're so wonderful. And manipulating you. Rubbish, man. Absolute rubbish. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you that is absolute. Who said so? Because the Holy Spirit is a realist. He's going to tell you the truth about who you are. Don't worry, my child. That Cusisters are amazing. Now, now you go and you start up this business with Cusisters. And everybody say, but this isn't junk. You can't even cook. Get out of that. Listen, man. When you're in your own lane, there's no traffic. God never made you for competition. There's no one like you. Look at your thumbprint. Look at you. Listen to your voice. I mean, nobody looks like the way you look. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a good thing. Otherwise, we'll have double ugly. I'm kidding. Double nice in the house. Pastor Z, no, apostle. No. Okay. <laughs> Listen to me, child of God. You want to deal with the calling of God? Oh, my time's up. When you come into the body, His side made a way for you to come in. You will never find fulfillment out in that world. I want you to get the picture inside of your mind. The difference, when you look at a duck, did you see how it walks on, on sand, on, on, on the earth, on soil? Take that duck and put it in the water. Can't see. Don't know the stress. I mean, there's stuff moving underneath, but nobody knows. 
That's the difference between somebody who's in their calling and somebody who's not. I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to wait for you. You should have no stress making money, my friend. No stress, no stress. If you're an entrepreneur, no stress, no stress, no stress. You stress everybody out because you want to brag. Did you see my brand? Oh, oh, I need more likes. Oh, won't you give me the... It's like, just stop it. Just stop it. I don't need nobody's likes. I'm used to preaching to empty chairs. When I started in a double garage, I said, you're going to get saved today in Jesus' name. I'm happy all by myself, guys. I am telling you, I'm happy. Because you will not find fulfillment outside of him. You are in, you, you've come into pur his purpose, you've come, you've got his name, you've got his blood. Please hear me. New age don't fit you. New age fit you. Oh, the stars and the moon. I just want to say, you know, the horoscope said, you are in the wrong kingdom. Go back to the beginning. Stop trying to impress people about what, what Buddha said and New Age stuff. No, your landscape here, your, the body of Christ is your spiritual landscape from today. Because there's no room for idols here. There's no room. You don't, don't work against the, the plan of God. And the reason why, Graham, it's such a problem is because you think that what you got is insignificant. And the world has treated you like rubbish. You come to the body of Christ and you don't realize this is my moment. It's a holy calling. I'm going to take my opportunity. And if I get it right on this level, God's going to progress me to the next level. Number five, you're in the body of Christ. You're never going to find fulfillment in the world. You're your apostle. We have to be specific. Most Christians are struggling for faith because they're trying to be who they have been, who they've not been created to be. Trying to be who God has not created you to be. That's where people become sentimental. And so they become very sensitive when you bring this stuff, you know. Look how wonderful this is. I'm saying, actually, it's rubbish. Can we do it God's way? So the aim is to find your place in the body of Christ. And I want to speak this over somebody today, that you're going to find your place this season. You're going to find your, your gifts, the gifts. That's, that's, what, that's what grace, the grace given to you. We'll speak about that. It's the gifts that God gives everybody. Lift, please lift your hands. Grace begins where human ability ends. When you find your place and begin to function in your place, you will find the grace and the equipping to fulfill your purpose. And when you see your gift and you use it, God will reward you for it. Because that's how it works in the kingdom of God. It's foolish to seek gifts on its own. But you must find your place in the body. I'm speaking that over this season, over everybody. In the name of Jesus. Give me a few minutes. Let us end. Isaiah 42, verse 6. Work with me quickly. I know I've been trying to teach a bit. I, the Lord, come read with me. It was God speaking to you. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. Did, you, did he give you the gift of righteousness? Yes. 
And what am I going to do? Say it again. Say it louder. Now say it seven times. We'll hold your hand. We'll hold your hand. We'll hold your hand. Hold your hand. Come on. And I will keep you. Do you understand that? He's able to keep you from stumbling. I didn't want to become a preacher because I couldn't finish an assignment. I didn't want to become a preacher because I didn't want to mess up. And the devil kept me right here, waiting 18 months until I got sick. Until God had to give me a word and say, son, I'm able to keep you from stumbling. Walk with me. I will hold your hand. Every day you're taking the, this walk with God. He's going to hold your hand. Come on, somebody. This word is for somebody this morning. That God is going to hold your hand in a tremendous way. He's going to make you a multimillionaire. He's going to bring you into your destiny. He's going to bring you into your purpose. You're going to come into all that God has got for you. I need a good shout and a good amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory, 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 glory. Now let me end. The worship team can come up, but let me end. Thank you, Jesus. Now have a look. We are in the dispensation. Put up Luke 24, 44. We are in the dispensation. Jesus is gone to the cross. 50 days later, here comes the Holy Ghost. 50 is the number of Jubilee. 49 is. The freedom. So the Holy Ghost is going to fall on the day of Pentecost. And they are standing in a place where he's gone to the cross, he's resurrected, he's got 40 days, he's walking with them. Season of ascension, he's walking with them. And what he has to do with them, he's got to recalibrate their spirits. Because they've seen the cross, but now they're having to walk out of this place. And they now have to implement something after 40 days. 50 days. That is the... The church didn't start in Matthew, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It started in the book of Acts. So he's going to start something new inside of them on the day of Pentecost. But he's got to recalibrate them in the season. That was a word for somebody you missed it. God's recalibrating you in the season. Are you hearing me, child of God? He then goes and he's ministering and he stands and he's, he's about to leave. That's Ascension Day. Then he said to them, I'm in verse 44. These are the words, now watch now, he's on the journey. He's got to move them into the place of walking in the perfect will of God. But it means they need a fresh download at that moment. You understand that God's not going to cause you to fail. Because his name's at stake. These are the words which I spoke to you while I was with you. That all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. He says, all that I told you was the fulfillment of who I am. Then he said to them, and this is for you today. These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. That all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of the Moses and the prophets in the Psalms concerning me. Verse 45. And this is your scripture for this next 40 days. That's what you're praying. 
I'm asking God, He not just opened up the door for you to come out of bondage. He now has to open up your understanding. He opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. Why? They were walking, it's 40 days. Everybody's seeing Jesus is alive. But these are 500 of His disciples. And He's got to give them something for the dispensation they're in. Because they're going to be carriers of the next season. What does the next level look like? He opened up their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. Verse 46. Then He said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. So he has to open up a special season of understanding. Please hear me. Like the sons of Issachar who understood the times and the seasons and what Israel ought to do. You need to have, in certain seasons of your life, on your journey, you need some revelation. Am I preaching to the right church this morning? On this moment of my life, I need something I never had when I just got saved. I need something to unlock in my life today. Is there anybody with me this morning? He says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem till you are endured with power from on high. Then he led them as far as Bethany, my God. He's done with his 40 days of demonstrating the kingdom doesn't even preach about how bad the cross was. He's just preparing them for the journey. He's just taking them and says, you now need to use my name. I now need to release something upon you called the blessing. Whew, the atmosphere just shifted. Woo! Woo! There's a glory that's just come into this house. Whew. My God. That's why your worship is critically in the season. Because God inhales your worship. He exhales revelation. He's exhaling revelation. He'll tell you what to do. Because we don't increase through time. We increase through revelation. He leads them as far as Bethany. What is Bethany? Bethany means welcome. The place of welcome. It also is the place of figs. It is also, when you look at Bethany, Bethany is a did I say Bethany? Bethany is, the, is where he led them. It's, when you go there, it's like a little retirement village. What he was saying is, from this moment, I'm leading you now, I want you to understand Bethany. Until you come home, and we welcome you home, you're going to need this empowerment. So that when you come home, your life is fruitful, you will not stumble, you will walk in victory all the days of your life. You're going to become all that God has called you to be. You're going to walk in victory all the days of your life. I feel somebody rising up and saying, God, this word is for me this morning. Is there anybody? Say, uh, 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 I know who I am. Come on. It's time for you to lift your hands high and say, Father, it's my season for fresh revelation. A fresh blessing is coming upon your people in the season. 
there's a fresh anointing coming upon the sons and the daughters to fulfill destiny and to fulfill the purpose and the calling to which God has called you Quentin God is calling you son he's calling you he's calling you there's money all over you but he's calling you he's calling you come on lift your hands and say God is calling me come on everybody under the sound of my voice say God is calling me I'm on a road and God is calling me God is calling me he's calling me back to purpose he's calling me back to grace he's calling me back to the anointing he's calling me back to walk in the gifting that he has for me he's calling me it doesn't matter what has happened in the past God is calling me come on Peter he's calling me to walk on water he's calling me to come into my destiny I am releasing a fresh anointing in the season says the Lord there's a fresh business idea there are new relationships in the season oh my God I feel the glory of God in this house I feel the glory of God in this place there is a glory that has come in oh my God I feel it I feel it I feel it they this is this is equipping tools these are tools for equipment for the next season of your life this is the strategy this is the gifting this is the anointing can somebody begin to believe that I'm in a season of acceleration give a good shout and an amen hear me Moses moves by himself out of the wilderness with the people he gets to a place where the three and a half million people there's a demand so great God calls him up he says Moses by tomorrow fetch 70 elders and what is on you I'm gonna put on them for the journey Slaves were not allowed to be educated. They were a bunch of slaves. How many of you have missed the understanding about business and your gift and your purpose? And you were, you were always concerned about what other people think, not knowing your image. How many of you missed Bible school? How many of you missed your training? How many of you had never had parents that couldn't train you up properly and understanding kingdom? How many, how many of you missed it? Nobody? If you missed it, lift your hand. Because I'm only praying for you. What did God have to do? God had to take all the revelation and the blessing that was on Moses and he had to put it on the people so they could accelerate. Don't clap your hands, lift your hands. I'm releasing the blessing of the Lord that's upon me. Supernaturally, you will receive the grace to walk in the things I struggled and toiled with. You're going to receive a revelation like I did from a belief system to breaking the spirit of fear, to knowing your place in the kingdom, to breaking free from systems that are ungodly, to coming into your destiny. I am releasing that anointing in this house this morning. I am activating everybody under the sound of my voice. If you're online and you believe this is for you, lift your hands and lift it high and say, Father, I'm going to release, receive that anointing. This morning, I am going to receive an anointing of how to put a business deal together, how to be strengthened, how to walk with the favor of the Lord. I am releasing an anointing, says the Lord. The blessing of the Lord is upon you from the crown of your head to the 
the soles of your feet. You are in a new season. God says, I am doing a new thing already. I'm going to take you by your hand. Can somebody believe this morning that God can take you by the hand? That this is your season. This is the anointing. This is the grace of God upon my life. I was able to preach. Not because anybody taught me how to preach. But because of the grace of God. Come on. Where are the writers? Where are the authors? Where are those that can run businesses? Where are those that can build education systems? Where's the media centers? The strategies are being released in the season. The anointing is breaking yokes. Your family never ever had an education. But you are coming into your destiny and into your purpose in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There's an anointing. There's an anointing. There's an anointing. There's the power of God in this place. God's doing a new thing. 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 And everybody says, if you're going to give him a praise, give it to him and make it good. And make it loud. Make it stronger. If you're getting stronger, give a stronger shout. In Isaiah 32, when he says, I'm going to take you by your hand. I'm going to uphold you. He says, like he's having a conversation, he says, don't you see? I'm doing a new thing. Can't you perceive it? You are not in your old season anymore. This is a new day. And everybody clapped with a loud clap in this church. Shout, it's a new day. Shout, it's a new season. Shout, I'm favored of the Lord. Shout, I'm stepping. Come on, just take one step to the left or to the right or forward or something. Just move a little bit and say, I'm taking a new step with God. This is my new season. God's doing a new thing. I said, 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 God's doing a new thing. It's a new day. There's favor all over you. And please don't sing that old stale song. It's a new season. It's a new day. Give me a fresh song. Accent. I don't want old manna here. Give me some fresh bread here. Don't make me go and fetch fresh manna for you. And you come and bring stale, stale yesterday's oil no 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 you give me the word for today you give me the song for today because there's a word for today god's doing a new thing today it's for my family for my home for my life it is new if you don't know jesus christ you must be born again go and study romans chapter 1 to verse 12 from 1 chapter 1 to 11 and you'll find you the righteousness of god why you must be saved. Then you can pick up the call of God upon your life. God's not saving you because He wants to keep you from hell. He's saving you because He's calling you. There's a call. If you don't know Him as Lord and Savior, Romans chapter 10. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and you're saved. And then call me up, I'll help you. Your apostle will help you take the steps. But I'm telling you, don't stop, child of God. As a child of God, hear me. 
You might have stumbled. You might have made a mistake. You might have messed up. But it's time for people to get back on track with God. Jesus is calling you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You may be seated for a minute. Let's receive an offering. Thank you for your giving. If you believe that you are blessed, respond with your tithe. Respond with your giving. Father, bless your people in their giving. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. up those words, put them up. a shifting in your favor you believe the favor of the Lord's upon you you believe this is your season for a breakthrough then clap your hands like you really believe it's for you it's a new day it's a new day it's the season of ascension it's the season for your breakthrough it's revelation on the road it's your new day come on somebody in Jesus mighty name father bless your people Thank you for our time together this morning. Thank you for the word of God that cannot return void. Thank you for strength returning to your sons and daughters. Thank you that we can rise up stronger than ever before. Thank you that we can fulfill our destiny and our purpose. There is the call of God upon your life. Your gift is not 
small your gift is not insignificant you are your life matters don't let the enemy lie to you God has called you if he saved you he called you with a holy calling you are blessed going out and coming in blessed in the city and in the field whatever you put your hands to it must prosper I bless you in Jesus mighty name and all the church said amen and amen